You're now listening to J House Podcast Radio in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Yo, yo, what is up? Man, I'm just enjoying another amazing day. I don't know about you, but I have been looking forward to this all day. I, Bro, I've been looking forward to this for the past two days. If I wouldn't have been slammed at work, bro, I cannot, like, bro. Like, I'm so hyped for this at what has come. And, like, bro. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to J House Podcast Radio. This is another After Hours edition. It is 11.02 at the hour. Um, for those of you who will tune in later on Vero, shout out to my Vero fam. Shout out to Twitter fam. You know, love you guys. Thanks, you guys, for always supporting. And um, so getting into this, like, today, bro, let me, let me just, like, okay, big things. Number one, Ben Affleck is more than enough rumored to come back and play Batman for HBO with his own series. That's number one. We're going to talk about that. For sure. Number two, this man, Jared freaking Leto, is now confirmed to have a part as Joker in Zack Snyder's Justice League. And who gives a fuck? Bro, I... I do, <laughs> and a lot of other people do too. I'm oh, teasing. I'm just glorious. I'm just teasing. Okay. I got you. I got you. so 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 here's so okay. So I'm I'm gonna get your thoughts on this, and then I'll I'll come I'll come with the with the other affirmative. First, being Batman coming back as Ben Affleck. Well, actually. If possible, I'd I'd like to start on Joker because that's something that's a thousand percent happening. And then Batman is something that's kind of kind of room, right? Yeah. So if we we let's start on Jared Leto. Um, Yeah. I I'm extremely torn on this. Uh I think I've been extremely vocal in the past about my position on Jared Leto's Joker. I thought right. it was I thought it was abysmal. Um, I do still consider Jared a victim. Uh, you know what Jared Leto is? He's kind of like Joe Burrow his first year at LSU. You know, like Joe Burrow his first year at LSU, he was terrible. Um, but then you know they change the offense, he becomes amazing, and that may happen with Jared Leto. Uh, right. And you know, honestly, I'm pulling for it. I would love for this Joker to be amazing because I've never doubted Jared Leto's acting talent. He's an Oscar winner, rightfully so. He's amazing. Right. Um, right. But I have not hidden my opinion that I thought his Joker was a train wreck. Um, mm. I'm still concerned about that goofy-ass look they have for him. I would love it if Zack Snyder announced uh, we're changing the look. You would definitely have my attention there. So, and Snyder may very well do that. I hope he does. Uh, right. Or at the very least, you know, j- just two minimal cosmetic changes, and I'll be happy with Joker. Or actually, yeah. bad three. Here we go, three. Get rid of the dumbass tattoos. Get rid of the grill. 
and paint me a red smile on his face. I'm good there. You give me those three things, and I'm happy. Um, but here, here's kind of my biggest concern, though. Um, okay. and I, I told you about this earlier. Uh, yeah. You know, th- this is a film that already has two villains. You know, you got Steppenwolf, and then obviously Darkseid, which, no matter what about Snyder Cut, I'm super hyped for Darkseid. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious and concerned about how are they going to fit him in? Like, what role does he play? Because honestly, I can't get excited if they're going to bring him in for to just to be another glorified cameo like he was in Suicide Squad. If it, but now yeah. if 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 Zach finds a way to seriously incorporate him. And give Jared Leto, you know, reason to be there. Give Joker something to do. Let him have a vital part to the story. If Zach Mm -hmm. can pull that off, I will take back every negative thing I've ever said about the man. I promise. But if it's just another glorified cameo, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to get excited for that because I've already seen it. Right, right. Um. Because, you know, and I'll be honest, too, I, uh, I've i started to see some of the potential positives with his initial Joker. Because uh, I still try to make myself watch Suicide Squad because I love DC that much. And I hate saying negative things about it, despite all the times I say negative things about DC on this show. Right, uh, right. You know, he had his upsides. Uh, I do think he did, to some extent, nail the intimidation factor that Joker has. Uh, Yeah. Although, you know, he did have some corny lines, but, you know, you were right about something. That's not his fault. Actors can only say what was written for them to say. Uh, Yeah. He just did what he was told. Um, So overall, to kind of sum this up, I'm going to kind of make myself get excited for it. I'm not overly excited. On a scale of one to ten, probably five and a half, six ish. Uh, yeah. Because on the one hand, after seeing him in, in David Ayer's movie, I just can't really get that excited. However, Zack Snyder has shown me one thing: he's willing to go dark with characters, and Joker is certainly a character that you can get pretty dark with. You know, yeah. just ask Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, right. So I, you know, if Zack Snyder puts in time with this Joker uh, and gives him an actual role instead of a five-minute appearance, then I could get very, very excited about this. And I think uh, if Zack can pull that off, I'll, I'll Eric, I'll come on here and I'll praise Zack Snyder for a full hour if he can pull that off. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'll come on here and I'll. You know what? I'll even raise the stakes and I'll end it with this and pass it off to you. We had a conversation about the table of DC directors. And you made the, yeah. and you made the statement that Zack Snyder should have a seat at the table by Nolan. And I think I said something to the effect of the only reason Snyder should ever be at Nolan's table is to bring the man his damn entree. I think I said something like that. But let me say this. Yeah. Yeah. If Zack Snyder can pull that off, having Joker, Steppenwolf, and Darkseid give them all three a reason to be there, none of them be glorified cameos, and it all makes sense, and they all have their badass moments, I'm going to give Snyder a seat at that table. Okay, then. He won't be at the head table. It's, It's a long table. You got Nolan at the head of the table. And I could give Snyder a seat right on Chris Nolan's left side. I'll give him that. Well, uh, I, okay. okay. I'll take that. I'm not even going to push that issue in. I'll take that right there. I'll uh, take that. That's better, better than that's that, better. There's only one head at the table. But I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. But, um, 
yeah, man, I, I set setting the, like the whole tone for this is like, I'm not going to front because you know me and you know, I'm all about creator vision over everything. And the hard pill to swallow about suicide squad was that, you know, Zach was clear in his vision with man of steel. He was clear in his vision with Batman v Superman and for the good or bad of it, he was with it and people loved it. People hated it, whichever one it is, but at least he went through with it. Suicide squad is not that case. Suicide squad, you know, and David Ayer till this day still is on Twitter saying, bro, my cut is, he said this and I quote my my version of the film is the bomb and that's on God and I believe him I believe him but sadly you know David did what he had to do with Warner Brothers they cut chopped and did all of that rewrote and all of this stuff that was not supposed to be in the original movie so God knows if we're gonna see that I don't know who you know I don't know doesn't matter but other than that you know for David to say about Jared Leto's Joker that, yeah, you know, we messed up on it. Um, You know, I think I made some creative decisions that weren't, you know, as good. And, you know, and he said he admitted that. So I'm like, okay, for you to as the creator and as for you as the visionary to say that, okay, I respect that more than anything. You know, you put something bad out there. You Okay, fine. Um, It was Joker without a purpose. You know, Joker for the marketing dollars, because he's one of the most, as we see, even from Joaquin's Joker, you know, one of the most influential villains and one of the most powerful characters of all time. So, I mean, even after Joaquin, there's probably, unless Joaquin comes and does another one, there's going to be another Joker. So, I mean, it's just going to, like, Joker's just like, he's that man. And so, for... For David Ayer, who had a Joker in Suicide Squad that was just a glorified cameo, like you said, Um, someone who was just in there to be in there for marketing, to bring hype to the Suicide Squad when they really weren't. They could have flown low key without Joker in the film. And that could have been, you know, because Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't Guardians of the Galaxy didn't bring in some well-known villain to try to or hero to try to spice up the you know, movie. They let hold it, on, Eric. Huh? To be fair, we've talked about why that is. It's not just because Guardians and it, it's uh, that had everything to do with the MCU was already a juggernaut when Guardians came out. The DCU, when Suicide Squad came out, was still trying to make a name for itself. Uh, right. That. And I think Suicide Squad, if it didn't have Joker in it, I think we would have seen it do the same amount of money that Birds of Prey did somewhere in that area. I, I could not see it bringing in more than, you know, $300 million at best. Because. Right. So, and, yeah, go ahead. And, and that's, a, to me, as a moviegoer, that's acceptable. I would rather you. If they if they would have went along with the original, whatever their plan was and not chopped or changed anything, I would have rather gotten that with the 300, 400 million dollar box office, whatever it was. And I would have been happy with that rather than you try to release something that you wanted to get for marketing dollars and it pull in like six, seven hundred, eight hundred million and it be absolute garbage. You know, which is exactly what we got with Suicide Squad. You know, I some enjoyable parts for me, soundtrack, some funny moments. But other than that, you know, it was a chopped, chopped project. And so as for so now, as this ties into Jared Leto's Joker, of course, the thing about it is that Zack Snyder's Justice League is all on purpose. There's not, as you know about Zack from you know, any movie in his catalog from Watchmen to 300 to MOS to BVS, like there's not, there's no wasted clue. There's always something trying to, to be tied up, something that you catch. There's everything has a purpose in it basically. And so with Zach's justice league, I mean, the reason why I'm so excited is because number one, I think it's, it's a second chance for Jared to work under, <clears throat> to work under Zach and with Zach 
to do something meaningful with Joker, which wasn't done the first time around. You know, he was under David Ayer. You know, Zach sort of the head over D. Oh, he was the head over the DCU, and now you know, then Suicide Squad and that. But now this is with Zach sort of taking the reins again. He is able to do something purposeful. So me knowing Zack Snyder and being the big fan I am of his, there's no possible scenario to where, you know, for me that Joker is just some glorified cameo. He may, I think, you know, because like you, like, like we talked about suicide squad did not need Joker in it. The suicide squad didn't, but they put him in there anyway, as a marketing joke. And I can say the same thing about justice league. Zack's justice league doesn't, need joker in order to like you got batman superman wonder woman cyborg flash you'll have martian manhunter in there making an appearance for the first time like you'll have all these different things dark side you know the original stephen wolf you know you don't need joker in there at all in that mix to have people excited and so with that being said the way that Zach chooses to incorporate Joker in in his Justice League is in a way that is going to be minimal. It's not going to be major. I'm predicting this right now. It's not going to be super major, but it's going to be minimal and it's going to be important. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's the overall, if we're looking at the overall continuity of the old DCEU, then we're looking at Man of Steel, BVS, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, and then Zach's J.O., if we're looking at it like that. And whatever Jared Leto's role is in this film has to be concurrent and relevant to that. He can't be in this film just to be laughing around, shooting machine guns. No, his role has to be something of purpose in here. A lot of people are speculating. Me personally, I think it's probably going to be a nightmare scene, a nightmare role, because in the trailer we did see um, where Darkseid's taken over the Earth, as we saw in BVS, in the alternate reality where Superman succumbs to the anti-life equation, and we see Joker's car fly around in the front over the Justice League logo. So I'm like, okay, maybe he's in a nightmare scene. You know, maybe, um, I don't know, maybe they give a little bit more depth on Batman about how he broke Joker's teeth out. I don't know. It's just got to be, it's going to be something meaningful something that has some purpose to the story that makes you like, Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? So, and I think under Zach's, under Zach's direction, we're going to see, we may see the same Joker that we saw in suicide squad, but with the dialogue and what's going to be written and what we're going to hear from that Joker, it's going to, you're going to look, I think people are going to look at it and be like, yeah, maybe, you know, and this will be the first time we're seeing, joker done by Zack snyder you know of course he's going to keep the continuity of what happened in the you know with all that but it's going to be better you know imagine i know you get hung up on the look and stuff because that's where i know that's a very important part of joker but to me i think that like what this what jared's going to say in Zack's justice league is going to be of even more importance whether it be the batman or whoever it may be. So I just I I just know that it's gonna be a role of purpose. This isn't Joker being in there for a marketing ploy. This isn't Joker being in there because they want to make some extra money on the streaming. This is a story driven creative choice from Zach. And that's all. That's all I know it is. Ain't no studio interference. Warner Brothers can't do anything about this. This movie is happening, you know. HBO Max fronted them an extra 70 million to finish up everything and shoot some additional scenes. So I just know that whatever this is, whatever he's going to do with Joker, I'm with it. I ain't even tripping. I'm with well, it. Well, I, I will certainly concede this. Uh, I do criticize a lot Doomsday and BVS. I've done that quite often on this show. Um, but I, I will say this. I think Zach incorporated Doomsday 
in a way that did in Zack's universe, I guess, make sense. It wasn't exactly comic book accurate, um, but I, you know, he did fit him in there. So I could see Zack um, fitting Joker into this film. I could see it. And 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 just to answer your que- answer a question you had earlier, because this one's been burning in the back of my head for two days, was like, how are how are all these people going to play a role? How is Joker going to play a role? How is Lex going to play a role? How is Stephen Wolf going to play a role? How is um, how is Darkseid going to? What's his sort of role in this too as well? And to me, I think that you know for for Lex. We saw his transformation at the end of BBS. We saw him become the Lex Luthor that we know. But this time it wasn't on some, you know, oh, I I just want to destroy Superman just to destroy Superman. This was, you know, oh, I thought I destroyed Superman. I did, you know, the God's dead, but that's not all. Like there's something else coming. You know, that communion scene in, in the Ultimate Edition is so deep. I'm like, Lex, what in the freaking heck have you done? You just, like, opened the front door and told everyone in the universe, come to Earth, you know, we have no protector. There's nothing here. So now that's what's coming. <laughs> and so I think for Lex's role in Zach's JL, I think it's going to be probably, because in, in, the, in the ending of the, the whatever the heck that was in 2017, Zach did shoot a post a post-credit scene where um, Lex was teasing about the League of Our Own, you know, teasing about you know forming their the you know the League of Vill- the League of Villains, and you know we saw Deathstroke for the first time, who is prob- who's probably even going to have a a short scene in the film as well. Don't know in what capacity. Don't know. It's just rumored. Take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, that's pretty much Lex's role. I think he's not going to be there that much but he will be there in retrospect at the end of this thing like okay now it's time to ante up i'm free you know and now he's going to start doing all this globe trotting stuff that lex luther always does um stephen wolf syrian hines as i've said plenty of times expressed that whatever they had him say and do in in the 2017 justice league was not what he signed up to do. That was not it. That watered-down, goofy-looking Power Ranger villain that they called Stephen Wolf was not Stephen Wolf. And so his role in here is going to be apparent. You know, he's going to be, I think he's going to be a lot more brutal. He's going to be absolutely diabolical. He's going to be that servant for Dark Side that we all know. And he, he's going to be freaking ruthless. Not only that, but he's going to have like two billion freaking spikes on his body. And uh, <laughs> that's going to be a, yeah, that's that. Nobody wants to fight that. But, you know, he's going to do a lot more diabolical stuff in this film. We see him, which I think he sets up Victor's as, uh, you know, Cyborg, not Zaz, uh, <laughs> Victor Stone. He sets up Cyborg's dad to get sacrificed to open a mother box and cyborgs like, wait, no. And then his dad just like goes out Dr. Manhattan style, which was pretty cool homage to Watchmen. Um, and Stephen Wolf is behind him in that photo. Cause that was a, a previous photo that was announced on that Zach shared on Vero. So um, yeah, Stephen Wolf's going to be something. And as for dark side, we're going to see the history of what he was doing. Everything from his first invasion on earth, how he tried, how he lost um, and how he's trying to come back. I don't know what we're going to see because there's so much, there's so much that we could see. Apparently there's a Superman a vision that Superman has when he's coming back to life and he sees dark side, he sees apocalypse apparently. So pr- we're probably going to end up seeing that, but this, depending on the success of the film, we're probably going to end up see if we get, if they like, okay, Zach, we want you to do a part two and a part three. If they do that, it's, it's a long shot. If they do, then dark side will definitely be there in more capacity. But as for this upcoming Zach's JL, 
we're going to see, I think we're going to see him in that capacity that, um, that we'll actually show him. We'll actually see him in the flesh for the first time once, twice, maybe three times and understand the gravity of, of what's coming oh. for the justice league. So but yeah, better. that, that, that was burning in my head, but yeah, it's, I think it's that all good. better not be dark sides role. That. Uh, well, what you have to, you have to remember that the DCU was setting up for a, you know, they wanted to do that kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? They wanted to do that. So I, I don't know. I really don't know. I know he's not going to be the because he's he's using Stephen Wolf to get all his work done. They better make so I, I don't know Stephen Wolf and get to Dark Side. It's a four hour movie, so I think they might if, they have to. It, they probably are. It's a four hour movie. I don't see how you do a four hour Justice League movie and it's just like because in those first two hours in the in the old Justice League cut. There's it's two out. It's like an hour and forty five minutes of them going up against Steppenwolf. So this is a four hour movie with a whole bunch of footage we haven't seen. They he probably is, bro. Being honest, it's a four hour movie. It's it's too long. It's this is Lord of the Rings. This this is not like, bro. I hope you're right because if I don't get Superman and Darkseid throwing hands, I'm gonna be pissed. Oh, you're gonna be pissed. I'll be extremely pissed yeah. if this is now. If they do a part so, two, okay, I won't be that pissed. But if this is the only film they plan on making and they plan on ending it this way, and we don't get a fight with Dark Side, I'm gonna be pissed. Right. And I feel, okay. Because so I would that's, have a right to be good. Yeah, you do. You, you would, which is why I need, like, because movie, I'm not, and I'm not trying to come, I know movie, I'm, I know in my soul of souls, movie theaters are going to recover. But for HBO Max, being a streaming service right now that's just starting out, they got Lovecraft County, they have uh, Raised by Wolves, two phenomenal, phenomenal shows that are being critically uh, acclaimed right now. They got all of their, all of like Warner Brothers movies on there. They got all of the DC movies on there and the current ones too. Um, as far as HBO Max goes, this film is one of the hypest ones that they have on slate to come to that service. And so if, when it does, cause I believe it is. So when it is that major success for them, when it drops and their streaming numbers go all the way up, they have no choice. They're not going to have a choice but to do a part two or a part three. They're going to have to. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how that's going to work with with DC and whoever, you know, the multiverse, because they're, they're still working that out. But I know darn well that if this movie is the bomb.com, which I know it's going to be, they, they, they're going to have to. They're going to have to. Do they have to. They have to. No, I totally agree. And you know what? I do have high hopes that we'll get to see Dark Side in action. Yeah. Because I don't want Dark Side to make just like one appearance and then leave. I want to see Superman and Dark Side throw hands on the big screen. Yeah. Because that's like the DC showdown of showdowns. Like that would give me much greater chill bumps than Iron Man versus Thanos. Now, Iron Man versus Thanos was like 10 years in the making, though. So that one was, and as a, yeah, that was 10 years in the making. Well, yes, I'm saying as a fan of DC Comics. Oh, okay. I got it. And, and as I've wanted to see that my whole life. I feel that. You know, so, you know, I, I have faith that, that Snyder, I'm trying to have faith that Snyder will pull this off. Yeah, and I'm 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 just like, I I I think he will, man. I just know he will because like they're giving this man an extra seventy million just to like do whatever he needs to do to finish it, and I'm like, that's awesome. So, 
So like, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be lit, bro. It is gonna be lit. And what I'm happy about with this movie is that I th- and I know and I know I, of course of course I wanted to come out in theaters, but like I'm just glad that this movie, you know it wasn't slated to come out in theaters and then God forbid COVID happens. If you put, if they were to push this movie like back to like 2022 or 2023, I would be pissed. I would be so pissed because I already have to wait for no time to die until next year. So like, I, I don't feel like having any more movies postponed. This is one I cannot afford to have postponed at any rate. Like it has to come out now like i need that movie you know so yeah but um but yeah man we are 30 minutes at the hour now we're gonna take a quick pause in the action and when we get back we're gonna deep dive into these uh rumors concerning ben affleck returning as batman gonna get our thoughts on this whole thing and here's a word from our sponsor here at anchor Yo, 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 what's up? What's up? All right, we're back after the break. Uh, this is J-House Podcast Radio. After hours, first half of the hour, we spent time talking about the news of uh, Jared Leto returning as his controversial and slightly, uh, you know, very controversial, like super controversial, like split this in, like, oh, my God, you know, kind of joker. So. Um, yeah, man. Now we have the news that, of course, of course, Ben Affleck is is coming back for, uh, for the Flash movie in his final appearance in what was, you know, slated to be his final appearance. You know, because DC fandom gave us so much. You know, they blew our heads off. You know, with the Batman trailer by Robert with Robert Pattinson and Matt uh, Matt Reeves, and um. Then they announced that the Flash movie's coming, which is the one that's going to connect everything that has ever been done in DC so far. You know, we got Michael Keaton coming back and Ben Affleck's going to be back as well. So that's already confirmed. He's definitely Batman for that movie. But now new reports have come out that he is reportedly signed on to play Batman in an HBO Max series and more movies. Um, apparently. So like, what, what do you, what are your thoughts on that, man? Well, uh, if it's true, I'm excited. Uh, for all my criticism of Batman v Superman, I thoroughly enjoyed Ben Affleck's Batman. Uh, so, I mean, if this is true and he's getting his own series, that is amazing news. Yeah. Uh, but there is one thing, though, I was thinking about. And, you know, what? you've mentioned this concern before. So let's say this is true. All right. Let's assume it is. That yeah. over the course of the next four to five years, we would have. Let me see. Three Batman movies and a series. Yeah. So I'm thinking, does do you think people could get Batman out? Do you think what? Like get tired of Batman. Get tired of Batman. Um. Because you know you were talking about how like during the Nolan era, how. Batman pretty much carried everything and how they can't go back to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. I remember I did say that and, and I did. I made a whole coffee and comics segment on that because I felt like Batman was the only thing that, you know, could pop DC on the map, you know, and it was like when Nolan hit with the with the trilogy it was like Batman was just like universal, like for DC, like Batman, you know, like it was, just, I don't know. It was just like, bro, the, the, the appeal of Batman, the popularity of Batman on every level, his popularity to kids, 
his popularity to teenagers, to young adults, to the older generation who who's who've grown up with almost every era. You know, there's like everyone can have Batman. You can have a kid Batman. You can have a you know grown adult brutal brutal Batman. You know, like the one we got in BVS, the one I wanted. You know that I grew up on. So I mean, you can like Batman. He's you have that range with him as a character. He's just one of the most iconic of all time. And, um, you know, of course now, you know, DC has expanded. So of course, Batman won't be the only thing on slate. You know, we'll have more Superman movies, more Wonder Woman, you know, Shazam, Black, you know, we're going to have a lot more variety coming from DC. It won't just be Batman carrying the whole, the mantle, you know what I'm saying? So I think as long as DC maintains, if, if I'll say this, if DC wasn't doing a multiverse, if they weren't doing any of the stuff that they were doing and it was just single solo films and they were just doing Batman movies. Yeah. Then I would say like, bro, how long, how long is DC going to ride that train of like, you know, people would say that like, bro, how long y'all going to be like riding Batman? Y'all are just like going to make him your cash cow until like, there's nothing else left. But thankfully, that's not the case. Thankfully, DC understands that they have a stable of some of the most iconic characters of all time. And we're living in an age where they're bringing every single graphic novel to life. You know, there won't be a character left unchecked. They're bringing everyone out. So, like, um, so yeah, now that we got all this variety. Batman won't be the only thing out there. So no, people, people aren't going to get tired of Batman. People are always going to, going to want some Batman and um, judge and judging by the look, like I've been rewatching Matt Reeves trailer lately, the Batman trailer, like, bro, it's so glorious. Like, I don't think it really is like Jesus, like, man, that bro, the music, like the mood, just, Oh God. The beat down, like I heard like head gushing happening in those punches. I'm like, oh, that's the brutal Batman I love. Like, yes, please. I need all that for like two hours. Like, yes. The detectiveness, like the nor of it, like all of that. Oh, like I need. All- have you seen the pictures of Colin Farrell's penguin? Oh, yes. Jesus. Holy shit transformation bro the oscars just need to go ahead and give that best makeup award to them yeah well i get them already well let's see do they have enough minorities in batman for that to happen <laughs> bro let me tell you this i'm gonna I'm tell you this and then i'm gonna I'm try to move back on <clears throat> ben affleck's batman like these oscars bro oscars like there was a time where they did dictate. They didn't dictate. They did show the best of what was in film. But nowadays, I just feel like the Oscars, like especially with these guidelines they're pushing, like, no. Nah, no. Nah. Oscars don't decide what movies are the best of the best because there's a lot of movies out there that should have an Oscar, but they don't, you know. And that's not even superhero related. That's just in any category, romance, horror, drama, whatever. There's there's a case to be made for a lot of movies that should be Oscar nominated for any category. And so, like, Oscars just don't decide that anymore, bro. They just don't because they're limited and they're narrow-minded. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, films evolved. Films Film have, has, has made... Trent waves since then you know nobody thought that a superhero movie would could get nominated for an oscar because they thought they were silly they thought they were comic book films that were just summer popcorn blockbusters for kids which has never been the case when you actually take real world implications and take things that people relate to and you group them with superheroes you get some of the most powerful stories of all time that can be told in comic book or on screen. And so I smiled with bliss as Joaquin Phoenix walked 
on that stage and accepted the Oscar for Best Actor because he earned it. Huh? He earned that one. Mm. He earned it. Yeah, and that not only that, but I think that was a big win for comic book movies in general. Not comic book movies as in, oh, comic book movies, but comic book movies as in projects that we know that aim to bring more to the characters and to the to the genre than just popcorn flicks. You know what I'm saying? Films that have depth, you know, I think like so much, you know. So with that being said, the Oscars are just like, I don't know what happened, bro. I don't. But it's just so sad because they used to be like the highest honor an actor could get and now it's all about making a political statement right and now they're patronizing minorities because now they're telling them oh look you go yeah we'll give you this oscar because you're a minority we don't even care if you're a good actor but here you go and i'm like good that is so patronizing it is. Because there have been so many great black actors that have won Oscars, like Denzel Washington and Jamie Foxx, Vi- yeah. uh, Viola Davis. I mean, there are so many great examples of amazing black actors who have earned those Oscars because they gave unforgettable roles. Uh, like, you know, uh, Jamie Foxx in the Ray Charles movie. That was unbelievable acting, and they earned those awards. So now to be like, we're just going to start making sure they get even more by only letting films get nominated that have minorities in them. It's just so patronizing and sad. Right. And, and, I'll, say, and I'll say this too. If the Oscars really wanted, um, if they really wanted diversity, then they would look at a wide variety and range of films from black people, from Asian people, from Korea, wherever the case, Mexican people, you know, all that. And, you know, if that like Parasite, we can take Parasite, for example, um, which won, I think, best director, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it won best director. Let me double check that. Yeah, Parasite. Um, the movie won uh, Best Academy Award for Best Picture. Um, it, I believe it won Best, uh, yep, all that. Academy Award for Directing by Bong Joon-ho. You know, Best International Feature. A lot of awards. And Golden Globe for Best Foreign Link. Like, it was a film directed by a minority group that happened to be better than all of the rest that year. Not that so they didn't win it because they were, you know, they didn't they didn't win it because they were Korean. You know, they didn't win it just because they were a minority. They won it because Parasite was the best film that year that just happened to be a Korean film. And that's the way you do diversity. If the film Look at all the films from every single minority. If the films all like if one of them stands out above the rest and it happens to be a Mexican film that is the best movie of the year, then by God, it's film of the year. But don't say, oh, we're just going to nominate a, and, 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 and hand an award to a Mexican made film or a Mexican cast just because diversity. Just because, you know, they don't get recognized enough. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's because that's not divert. That's racism. I'm going to give you this because of your skin color, because I feel like you don't get, like, noticed enough because of your skin color. That's basically the same thing. Base it off merit and who makes the best film. Bong Joon-ho made the best film last year. Not because he was Korean, but because he actually made the best film. Period. So, Oscar's got to get that right, bro. Because these these requirements that they made up, garbage. There won't be one white male 
or a white female nominee in next year's category based off these uh based off these requirements, bro. Like it's ridiculous. And they're gonna celebrate like, it if that happens and they're gonna pat themselves on the back and say, Oh, look how great we are here at the Academy for doing this. Right. We are we're, we're just righteous. We're just such great people. All of us white people, let us pat ourselves on the back and jerk each other off for not being racist. Right. It is I'm sorry. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but no, you got to you bro, you got to keep it real because these they're, they're the same people who are on Twitter like trying to cancel Chris Pratt. And and for the audience, we're going to get back to Ben Affleck in just a minute, but we're taking a side street. But like for the people who are out there trying to cancel Chris Pratt, like these are angry white people. And I told I told people on the video today, I said uh First of all, my boy Evan's white too. So he's talking about his own people. Like he like he's pointing them out. There's no hypocrisy there. He's just keeping it real. So don't label him or me racist for expressing these views. Cause it's the truth. It's nothing but angry white people out here, man. Trying to like cancel Chris Pratt because he because he doesn't go to Joe Biden's fundraiser or party. You know, they're trying to cancel him because Oh, he listens to Ben Shapiro. You know, they're trying to cancel him because he probably supports Trump and has a different political opinion or might be a Republican. You can't cancel somebody because they have a different political opinion than you. And I'm like, that's what's wrong with Hollywood today. I am an independent. I look at it from both sides. I try to make my decision based off an individual point of view. You know what I'm saying? If I if if the best thing for me is Democrat, then I vote Democrat. If it's if the best nominee for me that year is Republican, I vote Republican. But like for Christ's sakes, man, Hollywood doesn't even try to hide how liberal and democratic they are. They don't even try to hide it. Like any one of their celebrities who doesn't fall in line with whatever the media wants to push, whatever the narrative is. They're going to get canceled. They're going to get blacklisted. They're going to lose their job. They're going to they're gonna lose all their pull in Hollywood, you know, all because they wouldn't go along with someone with, with, with a false political narrative that they don't agree with. And then those same people will sit there and turn around and talk about, oh, Trump's breaking all these laws. You know, oh, America, we don't really have free speech. How can you say that? we don't have free speech when you're canceling people every day or trying to for saying something that you don't agree with. Can't do that. Like it makes no sense. <laughs> yep. Makes not a darn lick of sense, but, but back on Batman, um, I feel like Ben Affleck's Batman to me, like, I wanted to see a lot more of what we got in Batman v Superman. You know, those we got to see a lot of. I mean, of course, in, in the Nolan trilogy, we got to see him interact with Alfred in the Batcave, their day to day routine and things like that. Um, but I feel like <clears throat> I feel like whereas Christian Bale's Batman, you know, was a lot more romantically centered a lot you know he was trying to get with Rachel he wanted to leave being Batman he wasn't trying to be Batman the rest of his life you know but unfortunately he had to because of what happened with Joker and Harvey Dent um whereas that was a sort of a reluctant Bruce Wayne but he did what he had to do in the end Ben Affleck's version of Bruce Wayne is one who is totally engulfed in his inner demons you know, he's totally consumed and wants to be consumed, you know, by Batman. The only time he ever feels power is when he's in that suit. The only time he ever feels control is when he's in that suit. You know what I'm saying? He wanted to find an open excuse to wear the suit to Lex's party when, you know, he's like, regardless, I'm going to put a leash on his house and then I'm going to need the suit. Alfred's like the Batman interrogated seven people or six people and came away with nothing you know bruce wayne you know can do more and 
He's like, well, Bruce Wayne can't break into Lex Luthor's house. He's like, no, you've been invited and gives him the invite. And then that in that scene, that transition into Ben Affleck, like brooding, you know, over the suit. He opened like, why are you opening the suit? You're not the case. You ain't going to need it. But he's opening it and he's openly brooding at it because he needs that suit. Like he want, like he's itching. He's like, dang, this is one of those nights I can't wear it. You know what I'm saying? So like, um, I want to see more of that. And if they're going to do a Ben Affleck Batman, um, they're going to have to line it up with Zach's jail, of course, because there's a lot of transition that's supposed to happen for Batman in that movie. Apparently, he's going to stop killing. He's going to try to change and do better after he's lost his faith for 20 years in humanity. So he's going to try to, you know, do better. And I think seeing that transition would be important. You know, it'll be very, very important to see, you know, um, that. Not only that, but I want to see him interact with Jared Leto's Joker, if if at all possible. If they give Joker new direction, if they give him something, you know, new. I just want to see Batman go against everybody. I want to see the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? I want to see all the detective work. I want to see all of it. And, um, I, yeah, I think we're about due for a good a good live action Batman show. We have all a lot of good live action Batman movies. We have a lot of good animated Batman cartoon series. But when was the last time since like Batman 66 that we actually had a, a good live action Batman TV series? <laughs> like, honestly, bro, honestly, I do have one more question about Batman. Think about this for a minute. Correct okay. me if I'm wrong, but this would be the first time where you would have two actors playing the same hero at around the same time. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's other examples that are much smaller, like... Well, three, three actually. Grant Gustin yeah, but... and, you know, Ezra Miller both playing Flash, but... But Flash right. doesn't have near the popularity of Batman. So I'm true, thinking, true. do you think that it may be an issue of having two Batmans at the same time and one pulling away interest from the other? Um, no, not at all. Because, like I said, Batman is such a such a universal character that he appeals to everyone on all levels. You know, there's one for everyone. There's a Batman for the kids. If you want that Lego Batman, if you want that Will Arnett Batman, he's going to be there. That movie's going to be there in theaters and it's going to do good because kids love Batman, you know? Um, Robert Pattinson is playing a very young and a very sort of inexperienced a year two Batman as they said who's going to be going into a lot of things for the first time so he's going to be very unrefined very brutal very raw and that's always a good thing for Batman Ben Affleck he's a 20 year veteran he's been in the game for a long time as Batman and he's also raw and brutal but um, there were so many people that, you know, despite BVS's uh, polarizing effect on the world, despite how, you know, how splitting it was for people, one thing that they took away from the film was that Ben Affleck was one of the greatest live action interpretations of all time. And where the panic happened with that was that he was cut short, you know, unknowingly before the. Snyder Cut was even talked about before, you know, before all that, you know, when jo- when it was just Justice League, he was cut short, you know, you've given us this amazing, rooted, grounded Batman who, who was jaded, who was hurt, but through Superman's sacrifice, he sort of is redeemed, and he's like, okay, I can pick myself up, I can do better, and, you know, has this faith restored in humanity we were looking forward to seeing the end result of that in Zach's JL, 
But that year, we didn't get that. What we got was a happy, goofy clown who smiled and laughed and was absolutely useless. And, um, you know, a lot of, you know, it was like a slapstick Band-Aid put on him. You know what I'm saying? Like that whole scene at the park where Superman says, like, tell me, do you bleed? Zach openly confirmed that he did not write that in his original script. When he wrote that line, when him and Chris Terrio wrote that line for Batman, that was for that moment in BVS. That was for that to be, which I still think is one of the most iconic Batman lines of all time. But um, that wasn't written for Batman and Superman to say in Justice League. So, um, yeah, and it didn't go across right either. So that being said, he was cut off. And that wasn't a good way for his Batman to go out. And I'm like, there's no way that we get that gangster Batman we saw in BVS. And then this is it for him with Justice League. I'm like, that can't be. So now we're we're happy. You know, everyone's happy now. Okay, like, okay, Ben's going to come back. He, we're going to see who he really was in Zach's jail. Then to top it off we're, with the icing on the cake, we're going to get him in a farewell movie in the flash boom like okay but now they're saying okay now we're gonna give him a series like okay now we're in heaven so there's so many people who are excited for batman like no matter who it is they're excited for ben affleck and you already saw the views you know like in the comments on zach's jl you got people commenting at the end like yeah that sounds like something Batman would say when he says, I don't care how many demons he's fought on how many hells he's never faced us, not us united. <clears throat> Every comment on Batman that day until this day today is like, yeah, that's how Batman is. That's what Batman would say. Like, that's my, like, people are excited to have Ben Affleck back as Batman. And then to top that off, you look at the trending video of that, of that day, the number one video, which was, been at which was a uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman, and everyone's like, Oh snap! So, like, everyone's excited to have Ben back, they're excited for to see what Pattinson's gonna bring. And then, don't, don't, don't let me get off this podcast without uh mentioning the OG, the OG coming back, Keaton, bro. Now, you have on top of that a whole like two or three generations. Plus, our generation, who has been inspired by Keaton, hyped as hell for him to come back. You got all the old heads who grew up with Batman in the 80s. You got all of them coming back now. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I see something. Okay, if Pattinson's not for you, cool. If Ben's not for you, cool. Here's Keaton, though. You know what I'm saying? So, like, there's enough to go around. This whole marketing plan that DC has of, wanting to give everything to everyone, have something for everyone, something for the kids, something for the old school fans, something for the new school fans. I get that. And it looks like it's going to work out too, based off the hype. Because who's, who's, I'm sorry, my bad. Who's going to pull away from Michael Keaton as being the most pop, one of the most popular Batman of all time, being the first, who's going to pull away from him? Like, come on. No, I agree with that. Um, I know I about freaked out when I found out Keaton was in it. <laughs> you scream, bro. You're like, wait, what? I'm like, bro, you didn't know? You're like, no, I didn't, like I didn't I know. Tell, I, when I, didn't, I tell you that I had given up on DC, <laughs> I meant it. But, I mean, right. you can definitely understand why I felt that way. Yeah. Oh my bad. No, you go ahead. Go ahead, man. No, I, I was just gonna say this in short, and then I'll hand it back to you. Like these, the 2020, like the middle of the year, those were some of the most hard and disparaging conversations that we had to have about DC, and those were some tough things that I didn't even want to talk. Like the pain, how mad I was, how pissed I was about the whole situation, like, bro. But had I known that what was going to happen was going to happen with DC fandom and with the movie, and had I known that all 
you know, Zach was going to announce JL. Like, man, just had I known. But, yeah, long road to get there. I mean, there were moments, you know, we had done a – we had talked about that DC was laying off a lot of people. And I came on this show and I said that I'm officially scared for DC as a whole. Like, forget movies, forget, you know, making a DCEU. I was legitimately concerned, like, what's going to happen to DC? Um, right. And I am happy to say that I do think it's gotten better. Uh, you know, yeah. I just, I still am a little bit nervous because I don't know how many failures DC can take. I have no reason right. to believe that any of these films will be failures, but I'm just saying I don't know what will happen if one does fail. I just hope Warner Brothers has learned from their mistake to try to try and carbon copy yeah. Marvel uh, instead of doing something original. Right. And, and for me, for me, even if they do. Like, okay, even if one of these projects does fail, you know what I'm saying, or it comes up short, don't, like, whatever they do, they can't do what they did in 2017. They can't do that. They can't stop the direction that they intended to go just because one thing didn't go according to plan. They can't do that. They have to keep going full steam ahead and see the thing through. Don't stop. Just don't stop mid, you know, mid train just because one thing or one or two things doesn't go doesn't go right. Just don't do that. You know, just keep going. Keep pushing and, and see where it leads you because it might lead you to, you know, a better place. But don't you, you know, don't don't cut. Don't sell you. Don't cut yourself short. One of others, please. Or I will Max, say this, though, this as a, a huge Batman fan, I, for one, am stoked if all this is true. So, I mean, I can never get enough Batman. Yeah. But that's just me. <laughs> right. Like, it's, it's Batman. Like, it's one of the most popular superheroes on the planet. Bat, like... It's, it's, you just have those certain characters that are generational and they'll never go away. There's always going to be one for every generation, you know, and there's only a handful of characters who reach that sort of, you know, destination, you know, James Bond, you know, Superman, Batman, you know, characters that have someone for every generation. You know what I'm saying? Um, even if it's just two or three generations, you know, like even Spider-Man, you know, like, Thankfully, I've in my whole lifetime, I've seen all three, you know, interpretations of Spider-Man. That's a blessing for me. I'm, I'm happy. That's a blessing for a lot of people who are alive that we've gotten to go to theaters and see three different Spider-Man on screen. You know, we've got to see two live action Batman, soon to be three, you know, different iterations of three Batman. Uh, so Three different interpretations of Say Hulk. What? Yep, three different interpretations of Hulk. You know, like that's crazy when you think about it. Start like properties too. Star Wars, three whole full generations of Star Wars fans, OG fans, prequel fans, sequel fans, even though their movies suck. But I'm not going to like, I'm at this point now with Star Wars where I'm not even going to like, I'm not even going to hate, you know, I'm just like, it was a blessing to still be alive and still breathe and to still walk to a theater to see a Star Wars movie, whether it was good or bad, you know, because like, it was just awesome walking in a theater to go see Rogue One. But Rogue One, Rogue One was actually a damn good movie. Like that ending scene where Vader just goes ballistic was beautiful. That was probably yes. my favorite moment in Star Wars history. I mean, good God. It was almost something out of a horror film watching that. Yeah. The whole Vader comic is a horror film, too. Like, 
baseball. I mean, like it's it's so. Sad. I would love it so if. <laughs> and I had this idea: if Disney would make a Darth Vader series, like they've done with the Mandalorian. Yeah, a lot. Of, a lot of people imagine? are asking for that too. I could, but they. I think. I think they've already like, with the Darth Vader comics alone, they fleshed out so much in between. Like, nobody thinks like, what was Vader doing post Empire Strikes Back? In between that space, from then that leads up to Return of the Jedi. What was he doing? Nobody ever talks about that. What was he doing, you know, post A New Hope? You know, like, what did he do as soon as he woke up in the Darth Vader suit? What was his first comment? Like, what? Those are things that nobody ever thought about that Marvel Comics is deep diving and detailing into. And it's beautiful. So they've, like, they fleshed out a lot. More people should read comics if they want to know, because there's, it's just, it, opens up your imagination but you know all Vader's history is in those comics and like <clears throat> I don't know but there's you know there's always something there's always something like I think for me the highlight of it all was seeing Order 66 done in the Clone Wars from Ahsoka's point of view that was very emotional for me that was like a a, a lifetime like I'll tell my kid about that like when he's old enough to come I'm like bro when when Ahsoka and Rex was on, like, bro, that was, bro, <laughs> yeah, but it's a lot, bro, so much. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I was gonna say this yeah, was man, a good one. Good. Yeah, this definitely was a good one, bro. So like, so much hype, so much hype around around this news, bro. You sound I'm tired. A little bit tired you good? But yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Bro, I need to start drinking decaf coffee with these after hours episodes. Cause like the, like yesterday when I had pushed it back, I was like, oh, double kick my butt. Like it was. It was... I, I feel that. I definitely feel. But yeah, that. man. Thanks. Good. Yeah, but thanks for everyone for tuning in. Um, appreciate you guys. Follow us on Vero True Social at J House Comics. Follow us on Twitter at J House Comics. You can follow my boy Evan on Instagram at double E underscore 19. And this is J House Podcast Radio After Hours. We'll catch you guys later, man. Peace. Thank you for joining. This has been another edition of J House Radio.